This Augusta Golf Show podcast is brought to you by Audi Augusta, online at AudiAugusta.com. Well, Mark Rolfing covers the game for NBC Sports and Golf Channel. Mark was in town a couple of weeks ago for the Masters, but now Mark is back home in Hawaii. Pleasure to welcome Mark Rolfing back to the Augusta Golf Show. How are you, Mark? I am really good. I'm back in Hawaii and uh, two weeks removed from the Masters now. I think even more uh, when I look back on it, this is going to go down as one of my favorite Masters for a whole lot of reasons. You know, it wasn't uh, spectacular, maybe like 86 or 97 as much, but uh, this was a really good one, and I've got fond memories of it. Why? I mean, I, I don't mean to question it, but, but, but what made it mem- so memorable for you? You know, I think maybe the fact that we had it in November, uh, which was sort of a relief for all of us because of the entire COVID scene, uh, just being able to pull off a Masters, um, you know, was great. But it certainly wasn't at all like what we've come to know and love about the Masters. Uh, And so I think being able to come back in the spring into the traditional date was more like a celebration for me. It just uh, that there was this overwhelming feeling of happiness and joy that things were starting to get back on track and that we're going to be able to see Augusta National play the way it did. Um, I don't know if I had to pick a winning score to say, what is my favorite winning score of a Masters? I think I would take 10 under. I love that score. Hmm. Um, and, and the course I just thought was, was a real star. I'm asking everybody. I'll get get your opinion on this. How how big is Hideki's win for for the game of golf worldwide? I, I don't think we can even comprehend it yet. Um, I said on Sunday morning before they teed off on our uh, live from the Masters show on Golf Channel that I thought Matsuyama was under more pressure maybe than I had ever seen any player in any situation. Uh, it was a pressure that we just can't comprehend because we don't have the weight of a country on our shoulders like he does. And if you look back at Matsuyama, he could well have won the PGA Championship back in 2017, and uh, he ended up kind of letting that one get away from him. And I don't think he was the same for a long time. I think it really took a toll on him for a couple of years because he felt totally like he had let his country down, not just himself. And so the, the pressure was was immense, intense, um, you know, and somehow he managed to get in and win. But, um, I, I, again, I really, I just loved the way the course played. And when you think about it, he bogeyed three of the last four holes uh, and still ended up winning. Could it be possible, Mark, that him, him getting back on, on this side, uh, getting back to the States and playing golf, might be, might be the absolute best thing for him? I, I think so. Um, you know, that's easy for me to say because I don't understand his culture or live it the way he does. Right. Um, winning is getting so hard, John Patrick, on these on these major championships these days. You know, I keep getting asked questions and hearing people talk about, oh, so-and-so is going to win multiple majors or somebody's going to win five or ten majors by the time they're done with their career. I, I don't believe that at all. I really think with the way the game has changed, with the tremendous influx of, of youth and talent that we have coming out, uh, it's just going to get harder and harder to win these majors. And if you're just starting your career and winning your first one, uh, if, if you could win two or three majors in your career, that's going to be a Hall of Fame career. You mentioned uh, youth. Uh, 
Uh, tell me your thoughts about Will Zalatoris. I, I love Zalatoris. Uh, I've been touting him for quite some time now. Um, you know, he just is is the prototype young player that's coming out uh, and is not phased at all by the stage. Augusta National is the grandest stage in the game, maybe in sports. And with it comes, you know, an obligation and, um, you know, just a sense of, of, you know, do I really belong here or not? And he absolutely lived up to it. And he said a number of times, you know, I feel like I was built for this uh, and I've prepared for this my whole life. And now I'm here and, and I'm feeling great about it, which, um, you know, that's not the usual situation for even a young, talented player. I thought he handled it great. Um, you know, will he win a Masters? It sure seems like he likely will in his career. But then again, there's going to be a lot of young players coming out now that don't ever win a Masters. And all you have to do is ask Roy McIlroy. He may win one, but he may not. We're talking with Mark Rolfing here on the Augusta Golf Show. You mentioned a grand stage. What is it about that tournament, Mark, that that it's come to mean so much to the people that win it? I think it's the familiarity and just the sense of, you know, the Masters has a following amongst sports fans that's totally different than the typical golf audience. Uh, even the numbers that we rang up uh, in our morning shows were, were just huge on Golf Channel. Um you know, there's a whole another dimension of viewers that watch the Masters, and it just adds the pressure to it. And the shot-making values out there are just relentless. Every single hole has a potential disaster to it. A lot of the holes we don't see much of. Um, number three, for example. I just thought that hole played fabulous all week long. There's a hole you could make 30 on. There's a hole you could make double on. The shot values at Augusta National, we talk about the beauty all the time, and that's kind of the aura of Augusta. The shot values, every single shot beginning to end, are phenomenal. You know, it, it, this is a, it's going to sound pompous, but, but for the folks that have never played the golf course, had the privilege to play the golf course, I've always said they will never understand my six handicap or a professional golfer what the second shot on seven and the third shot on 15 feels like. Yeah, okay, let's talk about those two shots. You know, when I first started going there, number seven was a driver and a wedge for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't think it was that hard a hole because a wedge coming into that shallow green, you know, is not a difficult shot. But now, for me, it's a <laughs> driver five iron hole if I can manage to get it in the fairway somehow. <laughs> uh, but it, it is just, it is such a demanding shot. It's become one of the, one of the most demanding shots on the course, I think. And then 15, I, for the life of me, still don't understand why players don't think about getting themselves in the right spot at 15. I think too many people get too far down that fairway. Uh, even the long hitters off the tee hit it too far where they have that downhill lie for the second shot. And then the, the players that hit bad drives have to lay up and they don't get it in the right spot either. And you play that downhill lie, uh, especially if you're Bryson DeChambeau with a pitching wedge that's the same length as your six iron. I mean, it, you would think he's going to hit behind the ball half the time and hit it fat. Um, but Matsuyama, under the pressure, showed us just how hard that shot is coming into that green. That is, that is maybe, to me, um, it's the most intriguing shot on in the course, I think. Um, it's, and it's a tough one. 
A uh, couple of other things. Are you, tell me about home. Are you, are you beginning to see and feel some things there in Hawaii getting back to normal? I, I am. You know, we had a really tough time out here uh, because we're so tourism dominant. Um, and, you know, the golf business in general did really well during the pandemic. The only one of the 50 states that didn't was Hawaii. Uh, because so much of our play is dependent on tourism play, and and we have high tourist rates that basically subsidize the lower residence rates. But even the residents, there was so much unemployment here, John Patrick, that people couldn't afford to play golf. Uh, so we are just now coming out of it and trying to come out somewhat slowly and carefully. Uh, but it's getting busier again, and I hope we learned some good lessons about sustainable tourism because. The ocean is clean. You can't believe it. There's no trash anywhere. You know, we don't have traffic jams around Lahaina like we we had. And I hope we don't kind of go all the way back to where we were, which was just a little too crowded for me. Um, You mentioned uh, the game thriving in the pandemic. Do you think that sticks? I think so. I hope we learned some lessons. There are three challenges, basically, that game of golf is facing in general. One is Typically, for beginning golfers, it's, it's too hard a game. It it's really takes a lot of patience to learn how to play golf. The second is the game typically takes too long to play. And the third is it costs too much. So too tough, takes too long, costs too much. And I think during the pandemic, we addressed all of those issues in some way. We had to offer special rates. Uh, we started, you know, not not taking the ball out of the hole or not playing out of bunkers or even raking bunkers and things like that. And I'm not saying we ought to change the rules of golf, but we did prove to ourselves that we can play faster and we can play better, shoot lower scores, and we can do it at lower cost. And um, I hope we don't kind of revert all the way back to where we were. We should have learned something from this pandemic as an industry. I hope I hope you're right. He is he is Mark Rolfing from NBC Sports and Golf Channel. Uh, Mark, thank you for saying yes to this. It's it's always a pleasure, and, and we'll talk again soon. You got it. Thanks, John Patrick.